A few years ago, uh, when we were on holiday, we went for a walk along this beautiful beach. We weren't planning to swim there for a change, but it was really warm and so we just decided to have a paddle. You know how you do it, take your shoes and socks off and just paddle in the shallow water uh, to cool off. And the beach was packed with people sunbathing and sleeping and reading books and playing games. But it was really strange because there was nobody actually in the water. Nobody swimming. Now we didn't think too much of it as we walked along. And then there were some people who seemed to be shouting at us. But we didn't speak the local language so we just ignored it and just continued to paddle along. And it was only when we got to the end of the beach that we noticed these big warning signs. <laughs> Again, we couldn't read the details, didn't know the language, but the pictures made it clear that everybody should stay out of the water because there was a swarm of poisonous jellyfish swimming in the water. Now, thankfully, none of us were stung, uh, but we didn't get into the water after that. Uh, that was sure. That, we were, that was the end of our paddling for that day. Warning signs are really important, aren't they? We may not like them. They might restrict our freedom. They might annoy us. But they're there to keep us safe. To guard us from danger. And if we miss those signs, or if we ignore them, then that's a really dangerous thing for us to do. So the writer of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews in the Bible, he believed in the value of warning signs. And this morning we're going to read the first of five of them in the book of Hebrews. So we're just going to read the first one. It's in Hebrews chapter 2. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. Verse 1 to 4. Or if you just want to flip over your song sheet, you'll see it printed out on the back. But Chris is going to come up and he's going to read it for us uh, this morning. Thank you very much, Chris. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message was spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Thank you very much, Chris. Today is a celebration. A celebration of what verse 3 calls such a great salvation. As Fiona and Dora are going to be baptized, they will declare that they have experienced God's amazing rescue plan. This is the salvation that verse 3 says was first announced by the Lord. Jesus is God's final word to this world. And it's a message of salvation. When Jesus started his ministry, he declared this. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus came to bring us the most amazing good news ever. The good news that he has come to rescue us from the dominion of darkness. Where sin and condemnation and fear and death reigned. 
And he has come to bring us into the kingdom of his son, of Jesus. So we can experience his unfailing love. His perfect righteousness. His constant presence. His unshakable joy. And a life of living in relationship with God now and forever. This is the good news that Jesus has come to announce. As we were singing this this morning, right, the first song. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That was the message that was announced by Jesus. But it was also confirmed to us by those who heard him. That's verse 3 again. The writer of Hebrews was actually like us. And all his readers were like us. They'd never actually heard Jesus directly speak. They never saw Jesus face to face. They never experienced his teaching. But what they did was they heard it from those who were there. They heard the message of salvation as declared by the apostles. By those who were eyewitnesses of what Jesus said and did. And that's what we do when we read the scriptures, isn't it? We can read the testimony of those who saw and heard Jesus for themselves. So this is what John wrote in his first letter. One of the guys who was there. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. And that is why this message of salvation is so great. Because it's not a man-made message. It's not just something that somebody made up. It's not a story. It's not a myth. Instead, it's a careful and faithful message of those who saw Jesus for themselves. Who sacrificed everything, even their own lives, to tell us this message. So that we could know. So that we could share in it as well. But this message wasn't just testified by words. It was also testified with works of power. Verse 4 says this. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. The words of Jesus and the words of the apostles that was corroborated by God. When he did what nobody else could do. In their ministries, by stilling storms, or feeding hungry crowds, or healing broken bodies, or raising the dead. Now all of these gifts, all of these miracles and wonders, they were not given to us to try to promise us a, a nice easy life of health and wealth if we trust in Jesus. Nobody experiences life like that. But rather they were signs, they were pointers to the reality of who Jesus really is. And what he's accomplished for us. This is what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. He said this, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to us by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you. Through him. 
So those miracles, those wonders, those signs were to help us to do what Fiona and Dora have already done. To trust in Jesus. In his gospel, the apostle John again wrote about these miracles and he said that he wrote about them that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. And today, Fiona and Dora, in their baptism, will provide us a really powerful picture of this wonderful salvation. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. He said this, All of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. In a little while, the girls will go into the pool and they'll step into the water. They will declare that through their faith in Jesus, they have been united with him in his death on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all of their sin. He took that death sentence that they deserved. He died in their place. And then secondly Paul said, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. So they'll go down into the water saying that they've been united with Jesus in his death. They will go right under the water as a declaration that that old life under the condemnation of their sin is dead and it's gone. It's buried. It's gone forever. Never again will they experience separation from God. Because of what Jesus has done, they've been united with Him forever. And then, of course, they don't just stay under the water. Not for too long, anyway. And then they come back out of the water. And it says in verse 4, In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So they will come up out of the water as a picture of resurrection. As a picture that they have been completely forgiven. And they have entered into a brand new life with Jesus. Now I want to be really clear here. Today is not the day of Dora and Fiona's salvation. They are not coming into God's family today. That has already happened a number of years ago for them. The day that they trusted in Jesus, that already happened. But today in their baptism it's a declaration and a celebration of that great salvation. A salvation that really is worth celebrating today. Our passage doesn't just remind us about this great salvation. It also warns us not to drift away from it. I wonder if you remember a couple of years ago uh, Sarah Feeney and her cousin Elle Glynn they went out on their paddle boards in Galway Bay seemed like an ideal evening for it the water was warm the sea was calm but then an offshore wind picked up and very soon they realised they were drifting far from shore 
And when they realised they couldn't get back on their own, on, on their own strength, they shouted to attract people, the attention of people who were on the beach. But nobody heard what they were saying. And when the sun went down, the temperature dropped, and the rain started. And then thunder and lightning. And still the pair drifted further and further from the shore. It was over 16 hours later that they were rescued by two fishermen. Two amazing guys who worked out where they would be by their, by their knowledge of the currents. They were about 27 kilometers from where they started drifting away. Drifting can be really dangerous. Not just when you're on the sea. But in our own lives. Especially because you don't realize it at first. Like those girls, they didn't realize it until it was too late. It happens without really noticing the danger that we're in. So the author of Hebrews is concerned that his readers would not drift away. He wrote this warning, verse 1, so that we do not drift away. These people who were reading this letter, they'd heard the message of Jesus. They'd understood something about the, the grace of Jesus, the salvation that Jesus went to the cross to pay for. But some of them were tempted just to drift from that. Just to wander away from that. One of the reasons for that was because it was really tough for them. There was persecution breaking out against all the Christians. And they probably didn't, just, didn't want to suffer like that. They also were tempted to go back to all of the rules and rituals and regulations of the, Judaism, the, the Judaism that they had come from. The religious system that they had come out of. Now for us, the temptation to drift away from this amazing salvation that Jesus won for us on the cross might be very different. Maybe it's the desire not to be ridiculed by others. Because it's not cool to say you're a follower of Jesus today. Or maybe it's the deception of wealth and materialism that we think it's just about getting more stuff. Maybe it's the longing for a certain relationship. We'd rather have this guy or this girl in our life than Jesus. Or the discouragement of seemingly unanswered prayers when God doesn't do what we really want Him to do. Or maybe it's the hurt from other believers when they say horrible things to us. Or just the busyness and the distraction of life that just gets in the, in the way between us and Jesus. But whatever the forces are that are pushing on us, whenever we drift from this great salvation, announced by Jesus, confirmed by the apostles, testified to by God, then we find ourselves in a dangerous situation, folks. So the writer of this letter challenged his readers. He said, we must pay more careful attention to what we have heard. Pay attention. Wake up. Open our eyes to this reality. Don't miss this. Be focused. Be committed. Be dedicated to the gospel of Jesus. Be unmoving, unwavering in our commitment to Christ. That's what Fiona and Dora are expressing today in their baptism. This is a declaration of their devotion to Jesus. It's a statement of their commitment to Him. 
They're not just rejoicing in the salvation that he's given to them. They're also expressing their desire to follow Jesus. To have Jesus as the Lord of their lives. To live for him every day. That's because their baptism is, a, is an expression of obedience to what Jesus called them to do. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So as Dora and Fiona obey the Lord in this, and declare their commitment to Jesus, they're also challenging us. As we watch them this morning, God is challenging us to be careful that we don't drift away from this amazing good news of Jesus. That we don't miss this this truth. That we don't miss out on God's amazing rescue plan. So maybe God is challenging us this morning to make that commitment to Christ for the very first time. Maybe you've come here to support Fiona and Dora. Or maybe it's just this is where you usually come for church. But maybe you've not made that personal commitment to Jesus yet. This could be the day where you declare your commitment to Him. And maybe for many of us, we have made that commitment to Him. But we know the pressure on us to drift away. And so we need to renew that commitment and say, yes, Lord. You are my Saviour. You are my Lord. I am going to live for you. And this is an important thing. Because of the serious consequences. Verse 2 says in the reading, The message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment. This is referring to the law given to Moses. You know the, the story of Moses going up the, the mountain, the Ten Commandments and all the other laws that he got up Mount Sinai? Well, the Jews believed that this was given by angels, through, by God, through the ministry of angels. And so they said, well this, this law came by angels, so it's really important that we, we have to obey it. In fact, Stephen, in his challenge to the Sanhedrin, he said the same thing. He said, you who have received a law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. And there were serious consequences laid out in this, in the law, if you had disobeyed it. God promised them amazing blessings on the nation if they obeyed the words of his law. But also said there were going to be serious consequences if they did not. But this great salvation that we're talking about this morning, it wasn't declared by angels. It was announced by Jesus. Jesus, the one that Hebrews chapter 1 says, is God's Son. Our Creator God, the one who's equal with the Father. The one who is infinitely superior to the angels. So if rejecting the law, the Ten Commandments and all those laws that were given by angels, brought serious consequences, how much more serious are the consequences of rejecting the gospel of Jesus? Verse 3 says, How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation. 
must be time up. Fiona's desperate to get back baptized. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. So this morning, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? What we're talking about this morning is a matter of life and death. Eternal life and eternal death. Because how we respond to this gospel of Jesus determines our eternal destiny. This is not playing at church today. This is not just doing something nice. What we're talking about here is really, really important. Jesus said this, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life for God's wrath remains on him. Baptism is a day of celebration but it's also a day of warning. Because it points us to Jesus. It points us to Jesus as the only way to be saved. The only way to be right with God. The only way to get to heaven. So if we ignore Jesus, there's no other hope. There's no other way to be right with God. So let's pay careful attention to what God is saying to us this morning. We don't want to suffer those serious consequences from drifting away. So as Fiona and Dora made their statement of commitment to Jesus, let all of us join with them. Maybe by putting our trust in Jesus for the first time, or just by renewing that commitment to Him. And if we do, then we will be able to share in their joy this morning. Because this really is salvation worth celebrating.